0: Hey, how's it going? This week on Sunday Letters, I'm talking about time and space. And where this uh, short essay came from, a few thoughts, I suppose, uh, was from uh, David Lynch's book, Catching the Big Fish. And I've been flicking through it. It's got little, it's it's not really a book as such. Well, it is a book, but it's kind of uh, excerpts you know, um, fragments of of thoughts rather than a continuous narrative uh, or story. So in it, he refers to in one particular segment, he refers to uh, the time to create art and. uh, How it takes sometimes four hours. To create one hour of work, in his case, uh, a painting and how that that's how it is. That's how the creative process is. You have to create the time and the space for ideas to kind of percolate down into your mind or up to your mind, whatever your perspective happens to be. And I agree with this. And and often I found myself doubting where, whether uh, the time I was taking doing nothing it was actually productive or not. Um, and that's the risk, you see, of... Uh, entering into this kind of world is that you bring with it the idea from the commercial world that your time has to be productive. So your time equals money. And if you're not making the most of the time you have, you're not making as much or you're not as productive as you should be or you're not as, uh, you're not making as valuable a contribution to society that others are. See, this is this is how our minds are constructed. And it's not real. I mean, it's given to us, in my opinion. It's not our own. And I think in in order for us to, to make stuff that matters to us, first and foremost, and then consequently to other people, we've got to create the time and space, the vacuum, enter the vacuum where we can actually do something good. You know, it takes ages for me to wind up. It's like a big heavy wheel, you know, and you've got to take your time. Well, you have no choice, but. It takes you your time, it takes its own time, and you've got to wind it, you know. You've got to wind, or it takes a while for it's it's for it to wind itself up, like a big giant flywheel. Where did I hear that recently? Five, uh, five forces model of something or other of leadership or something. Anyway, uh, that's what it's like. It takes time to wind it up, and. I wrote on that this Sunday and it's coming up. So thanks for being here. If you want to get this audio before anybody else, go over to com and subscribe. So here's this week's Sunday Letters, but first uh, the little intro. So see you on the other end. All right, thanks. This is Sunday Letters the weekly newsletter on life, work and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Larry McGuire. Sunday Letters has been on the go since 2015 in written form and more recently in audio form. And you'll find no advertising here, no marketing, no round-the-corner attempts by third parties to sell you stuff you don't need and part you from your cash. Instead, this show is about content of a deeper nature, stuff that keeps me up at night, stuff that I spend hours and days researching, writing, editing, recording, and all because I think it's worth sharing. I think it's worth your consideration. And if you enjoy the stuff that I do, if you like what I write and enjoy what I record, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. It costs a five a month or 50 a year, and you'll help me create more time to make stuff like this. Get over to Com to show your support for the show. So here's this week's edition. Time and space are important in creative work. In fact, any work, any work worth doing can be a creative outlet. But whatever it is, it needs time and space. we like to admire great works of art. And we believe there is something special about the people who create these things. Something special over and above ourselves. We couldn't possibly come up with something as unique and beautiful as that. We're inclined to keep moving, keep making whatever it was they taught us and keep taking their dollar for our trouble. We're too busy, you see, being something else to someone else and rarely anything for ourselves. We have jobs to do, people to see, deadlines to meet and bills to pay. How can we possibly make the time and space we need to do great work? Being busy is more important and any time we do make for ourselves, we spend it on frivolous things that lack complexity and stimulation. On art, David Lynch quotes Bushnell Keeler, artist and father of a friend of his. If you want to get one hour of good painting in, you have to have four hours of uninterrupted time. That's basically true, Lynch says. You don't just start painting. You have to kind of sit for a while and get some kind of mental idea in order to go and make the right moves. Then it's a matter of studying it and studying it and studying it and suddenly... You find you're leaping out of the chair and going in and doing the next thing. I was glad when I read that because it gave me a license to take my time. I mean, I knew it already, but a part of me questioned it. The thought comes in, you should be doing something. Come on, you should use your limited time productively. But when I write, I need hours and hours. I can't just jump into it and write something I consider good. There has to be a lead-in, like Lynch says. If you know you've got to be somewhere in half an hour, there's no way you can achieve that. The art, he means. There needs to be space for the idea to propagate. That means we've got to be on our own, without distraction, to allow the self to show us something. Now, it's a different story of our working to a tried and tested systematic process used to make stuff, like an assembly line job. Or a forensic analysis of a set of accounts, or building a wall with nine inch solids. There's little upfront prep, but by and large, we know what's expected of us, so we get stuck in without much lead time. Making widgets is not necessarily art. OK, maybe the first widget was art, but subsequent widgets spat out by a machine does not constitute art. Perhaps what that process represents could be made art. For example, by putting that widget machine in an art gallery, throwing buckets of blood all over it and propping up against it a stuffed chimpanzee. Now you might have something you can call art. But in its designated place as an instrument of commercial production, it is the antithesis of art. Art tells a story. It's a story unique to each of us. It is the story of us. And our struggle with the existence we seem to occupy. Productivity is literal. There is no mystery or discovery there. It's automatic and explicit. In art, the message is implicit and ambiguous. You have to go figure it out, like figuring out oneself. We want to figure ourselves out. That's the reason for living. We don't know who and what we are, and we never can, but the exploration brings with it intrigue. Without the question, There is no life. Life is an unanswerable question. Life is an exploration of the question. And when life becomes mundane, predictable and explicit, the reason for living goes. That's why so many of us are at odds with our daily work. There is little or no unique creative expression in that work. It is a means to an end. No wonder and curiosity. No life worth living. Without time and space, With a focus solely on widget producing productivity, there can be no creativity, no books, no art, nothing unique, just a world of stuffed monkeys, bloodied machines and widgets. I've been reading David Lynch's Catching the Big Fish. I think I mentioned that recently, and it is material such as this that reminds me of the importance of personal time and space. Time and space allows ideas to come to mind, then working on those ideas takes effort associated with it is productivity. Unlike the commercial world that demands higher output relative to input over a given time, creative productivity works in sports. There are long, arduous periods of work where we feel like we're getting nowhere. We're wasting our time, but then all of a sudden something jumps off the page. Although I've not drawn for some time now, that's exactly how it happens. Writing is like that too. We turned the focus wheel of our minds, narrowing our attention to the task, then zooming back in and out to form perspective. When I was young, I had time, 16, and little else to concern myself with besides attending the training college and playing football. I'd sit in my bed, smoking out the window, playing tunes from my minuscule but invaluable music library without much of a care in the world. 30 years later... I've held on to that time and space to think, although commitments tend to take me out of it sometimes. Work is important, so is money. Without money we can't live, so we have to find a way to get some. The problem is we tend to sacrifice too much to get it, and because we've hitched it so inextricably to time and our sense of personal value, we give all our time to finding it and consider ourselves valuable to to the degree we manage to accumulate it. So without time and space to do what we wish, there is no freedom. We can see that it's almost impossible to be free-thinking, free-speaking human beings when we have shackled ourselves to our work to this extent. Work is supposed to provide a means to self-express, but it doesn't, not really. The vast majority of us are under the organization's command, and if we step out of line, we become a troublemaker. Your employer doesn't want a troublemaker. It wants loyal subjects that executes its systems and processes. So I really don't see any alternative other than to work for oneself and command one's own work if we are to be satisfied and fulfilled. Truly, anything else is settling for less than we deserve. I really believe that the aspect of ourselves we call ego or surface level personality needs the structures that organizations give us in order to feel secure. Maybe it's anthropological in origin, part of our tribal ancestry, or maybe it's manufactured by the forces of contemporary society. Regardless, security in life and work is illusory. There is none, and the ego believes there is, so it seeks out all the apparent measures of it. The irony is that this apparent security imprisons us and is a major source of our personal difficulties. We crave the freedom to follow our impulses, yet the route we've chosen restricts it. Thanks for listening to this week's Sunday letters. Just some thoughts on the nature of work, time and space, and the importance of that time and space for a sense of freedom. And I think it's it's something a lot of us are missing. Okay, you could say that a lot of people are comfortable in organisations working to rule, and that provides them with some with, that provides them with some kind of Security or whatever, like I mentioned in today's uh, article, but I think that's a pseudo security because a corporation can go bang tomorrow and you're out of a job, and now you really are fucked. Or it could decide that it doesn't need you any longer, so it retires you, and you're out on a limb, and without the ability, the the cognitive abilities, the emotional cognitive abilities, the skills to work for oneself. You are really, and so am I, setting ourselves up for a fall. It's like a couple of years ago, 2010, we had a huge big snow here around March or April. And uh, the beast from the east, they call it. And um, a lot of people were screwed. Like the whole of society shut down because we got this big snow. Now, this country isn't used to getting snow. And it was... I suppose it was we were setting ourselves up. We hadn't got the equipment to deal with it. We didn't have the ice and the grit for the roads. We didn't have the ability to transport uh, foods and all that kind of stuff. Although we didn't do too bad. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. I think it lasted about a week, three, four days before roads were cleared and stuff. But a lot of people had a lot of difficulty. Old people were stuck in their houses, couldn't get out, etc., etc. And it's all because we were ill-prepared. And why were we ill prepared? Because we weren't exposed to that degree of difficulty before. So we weren't used to it. So work is the same when we haven't exposed ourselves to difficulty in work. And suddenly a difficulty arises. We're screwed, like losing, you lose your job, for example. But when you work for yourself, you're constantly required to find new work every day. So that becomes the norm and you become pretty good at it after a while and momentum builds and you're not reliant on one person to ring your phone to offer you a piece of work. It's, um, it's coming from various different, different sources. So I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's vital if we're to have that time and space. And I mean, you can choose, you can choose, um, your working days. Now, Okay. I mean, it's not, uh, signed and sealed insofar as you could end up working, for yourself with the same mentality that you did when you had uh, when you were under direct employment in other words um you have to fill every hour of your days and every day of your week with work in order to um believe that you're you're doing something worthwhile but i think it comes a time where that that kind of nonsense tends to work its way out and you um you can create more space for yourself and your family i just think it's a part of getting older and figuring these things out but um just some thoughts that I had on this on this topic. And like I said, I've been reading David Lynch, Catching the Big Fish. And I love to get the artist's perspective on these things because the artist knows. And I've written about that before. I mean, they do. And the longer they're in it, they because they have that freedom to create, you know. And I think uh, we all have that capacity within us, but we tend to limit it by um, taking someone else's uh, notions of what what value means. Um, I mean, we don't have to be productive every minute of the day. We can't be. We just burn ourselves out. So it's why artists, in my view, um, have it right. they figured it out. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's Sunday Letters. I've been Larry McGuire. If you value what I've been doing, the stuff I write, the material that I record, the ideas that I share, uh, become a supporter of Sunday Letters. Uh, There's a link at the bottom of the article, sundayletters.larrygmcguire.com forward slash subscribe. And uh, I'd be very grateful for your contribution. Anyway, thanks for being here. I'll see you during the week for the NOMIC. Uh, That's all I've got for you for now. Take care of yourselves. All the best.